Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Kathy Unruh and Chad Thompson. Kathy is founding board president of Meow Now, Inc., the first and only 501c3 providing TNVR services to community cats in Pinellas County, Florida. A television journalist by career, Kathy is a longtime animal welfare advocate who is involved with numerous organizations, both locally and nationally. A committed vegan, Kathy is working toward the day when all humans recognize that all sentient beings should be treated humanely. Kathy appears today with the executive director of Meow Now, Chad Thompson. Chad was born in Clarksburg, West Virginia, and attended college in Glenville State College, where he played football and received his degree in education. While in college, he was employed by the Kroger Company, where he started out bagging groceries and before long worked his way up to store manager. He married the love of his life in 2013, a former high school girlfriend, and in 2014, the newlyweds moved to Florida and settled into Pinellas County. Chad became a volunteer with Meow Now in the summer of 2015 and worked endlessly in the summer heat trapping cats for TNVR. His hard work and dedication made him an ideal candidate for the director position for Meow Now, and Chad took on that role in March of 2016. So, Chad and Kathy, I'd like to welcome you both to the show. Thank well, you, Stacy. We're happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. Great. Thank you. Good, good. So, Kathy, it seems like you've been with uh, Meow Now the, the longest as being a founding board president. How did Meow Now get started, and how did you get interested in helping cats? Uh, Meow Now got started by a woman who was very active in companion animal welfare, and she went to a hearing and met another person and said, oh, I can relate to him, and they got together, and then they approached me, and so we began lobbying our county officials to make TMVR legal, and that's a whole other story. That took us about a year and a half, and then we incorporated, and we've now been in business for about three years. And I first learned about helping community cats on an island in the Bahamas where I went to spend time and saw cats that were densely populated and starving and dying, and that's when I had to figure out what do we do about this, and that's where that started, and that was about, ooh, that was, think, about 2004. Oh, so you've been involved with TNVR since that period of time? Were you involved in a project on the island, or? Uh, yes, just we completely a, a visual visual thing. thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying it's a visual thing that uh, you just sort of had this vision and something needed to change. Yes, it was right there in front of your face, actually watching, you know, kittens dying and, and cats starving. And so, yes, I just learned what uh, at TNR was, and we did it on the island for several concurrent years until we pretty much got everyone, and now it's very peaceful, happy for all the cats there. And for the visitors, too. Yes. <laughs> I'm always very careful about where I travel, because if I want to really be on vacation, I, I am aware of the fact that it, it doesn't feel like a vacation if I'm at a place where there's 
a lot of cats that need to be um, spayed and neutered because that makes me feel like I'm back in it again. I can completely relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chad, can you share with us how you got started in animal welfare and your passion for community cats? Well, my uh, first involvement with cats uh, was when I was five years old. I rescued my first cat at that age. Um, it was a cat in our neighborhood. I picked her up and brought her home and made her our own cat at that point for 21 years. When we moved to Florida, we noticed there was a cat in the neighborhood that was really sick, and we were trying to find out how to help the cat. And um, the cat had a really bad case of scabies, and we reached out to everything that we could think of organizational-wise to help the cat, and we couldn't find any help. Um, and then we kept digging a little further after the with the cat, and um, we found Meow Now, and we just started volunteering, and we really enjoyed it, and we we thought we were making a difference with helping the cats. We love cats, both of us, my wife and I, um, and we're just making a, I think we're making a difference with, with the community cats. That's fantastic. So with Meow Now being actually, I would say, a relatively young organization, can you tell me, share with me any numbers of how many cats you've assisted and what have been the changes that you've seen for cats in Pinellas County over the last three to five years or so? I don't know if, Chad, maybe you might be able to comment on some of the organizational details. Well, right now, where we are in our two and a half plus years, uh, we're approaching three uh, we are right around 3,300 cats that we have PNBR. We have also fostered uh, close to 200 kittens in the time that we've um, started taking on kittens and dealing with that to get them into shelters and get them homes uh, and helping those lots. But we're seeing a, a, a decrease of cat intake. Uh, we targeted two zip codes when Meow Now first started to reduce those populations. And why we did is because that was where the greatest number of complaints were coming into animal services. So those were the target areas in the first year and a half to two years to make a reduction. And there's been a great reduction of nuisance calls coming into the county in those two zip codes. So we're making progress one zip code at a time. <laughs> mhm. Um and, and targeting is great and and I think it's a obviously strategically the best first step in in a community doing a targeted spay neuter for community cats as well as for the owned cats. Do you does your program cover owned cats as well as the free roaming cats? We do not do owned cats, no ma'am. We strictly um, stick the TNBR of the community cats. It's, you know, and, and we when we work in trailer parks, it's kind of a hard issue to whether or not it's an owned cat or uh, a free-roaming community cat, you know, because there are so many cats in a trailer park, and it's hard to distinguish. So if the cat's outside and we trap it, we, we trap it and take it in and get it spayed and neutered. It may be somebody's cat. We're not really sure. Right. Um, but it's in that park, but there is somebody that's caring for those cats, which is the most important thing that we have to understand 
of we have to make sure there is a caregiver or givers that are linked to the cats. Um, we don't just go out and trap cats. We don't say, hey, there's four cats on the corner. Let's go out and trap them. No, we have to communicate with the caregiver, inform them of the ordinance, inform them of how to feed and care for the cats, and then we help them get the cats spayed and neutered. Yeah, I tend to describe community cats as, you know, if it has four paws on the asphalt, then <laughs> it's a community cat. Um, I like so, that definition. I like that. <laughs> so that I, it's, it's what it is. And so when I had worked as a, a mentor with other groups, which I've worked with over 80 different groups across the country in various mentoring programs, there's always a lot of questions about how do you define a, um, you know, a free roaming community cat, feral cat, stray cat. How do you define them? And I just say, if it's got four paws on the pavement and it's not spayed or neutered, it's a community cat. And that's usually the way that I qualify them for any sort of a targeted spay neuter program. Kathy, I was wondering, you're referencing TNVR. I grew up up in the New England area where we just used the phrase TNR. I know down in Florida, the seems to be important. Do you have any background or knowledge on, on how that became so important or why is it so important to reference TNVR? Especially in a warm weather climate where you have lots of free-roaming wildlife and where rabies is a threat among some of those wildlife, it's very important to people the issue of, well, do community cats carry rabies? And you and I and Chad all know that that's exceedingly rare and that there is no strain of rabies inherent to cats, and so they are not carriers. Nonetheless, on occasion, there will be a transmission, and the overwhelming thing is the human concern about it. So we always vaccinate for rabies, and we find it very important to include that in the acronym TNVR so that people are aware that that is standard operating procedure. Do you feel like that was helpful with regards to the events that happened for your organization and for others? In the middle of, of August, maybe you can share with our listeners what sort of happened on a uh, public scale with regards to uh, community cats. Yes, the, the V part was very important. So we began back in uh, 2013 or 2014 negotiating with our county. TNVR was illegal, wasn't on the books. And we started negotiations with Pinellas County Animal Services. Those went on for months. Then we moved up to the administrative level before finally going to the commissioners. Commissioners gave us three years to prove that TNVR works and then the ordinance would sunset. Without rabies vaccination, this would have never stood a chance. No way, no how. And we also um, vaccinate for FERCP, too, by the way. Then the three-year sunset is at the end of this year. But Animal Services and County Administration is now enthusiastic enough about the program that they moved the hearing with commissioners up until August. And so in the middle of August, the sunset provision was dropped. And now TNBR is the codified law of the land in Pinellas County in perpetuity. It sounds great. It's fantastic. So from that standpoint, my thought process is going, okay, this is great. We now have this long-term green light going on. 
We have all of these cats that need to be spayed or neutered all around the county. There's lots of low-hanging fruit, I guess I would say. That's pretty scary from an executive director standpoint in terms of fundraising, I would think. What are your thoughts on that, Chad? Fundraising is always a monster that lives in the room with you in an organization <laughs> that's just this small, just because it's always a challenge to to get people to donate and to come up with ideas, to raise money, and to make them successful. That's where our struggle is in getting, you know, we, we apply for grants. Um, we get, uh, the county has a animal welfare trust fund that we applied for again this year um, to get reimbursement for uh, surgeries, which is helpful. So we, you know, it's always nice to have, you know, large donors, but you get the majority of our people are the people that donate 25 or $50. And I think that if we can reach out to more people, let them know that we are making a difference and, you know, you have a hundred people donate $25. Well, you're starting to make a big bet in the piggy bank. So that's our, our struggle pretty much every day is just how to reach people, how to let them know that we are making a difference. You know, as Kathy said, in the County, people are still learning that TNVR is legal and people still think it's illegal to feed the cats and, that's always a struggle. And so we are trying to break that barrier with the people to open up their, their mind and open up their, their wallet to help us get these cats spayed and neutered. Pop Cats, the celebration of cats meet pop culture, will make its electrifying debut in Miami Saturday, October 28, 2017 at the Miami Airport Convention Center. The curated show will feature a ridiculously adorable cat lounge, visual artists, inspiring speakers, art installations, and the makers of the most innovative products of the cat universe. PopCat's core mission is to raise awareness about cat welfare efforts by crafting an experience that mixes entertainment with advocacy. A portion of proceeds will benefit the Cat Network, a cat-centric not-for-profit organization with over 20 years of service in South Florida. The convention will welcome an invasion of cat lovers, curious spectators, and pop culture fans to a scene flooded with music and immersive art installations specifically designed to ignite shareable memories. The exhibition floor will also grant visitors the unique opportunity to meet national and international talent that have grasped the fascination of the internet community. Highlights amongst the speakers are fervent rescuer Tumblr's meme librarian Amanda Brennan, Lorenzo the Cat photographer Joanne Biondi, and Shark Tank presenter and Apollo's Peak Pet Beverages founder, Brandon Zavala. A giant bubble cat lounge will also be a can't-miss feature at PopCats, where attendees will be able to interact freely with an irresistible herd of adoptable cats brought by the Cat Network. For more information and tickets, please go to www.popcatsshow.com. Hey, everyone. We have another great webinar with Hannah Shaw, the Kitten Lady, coming on October 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Attending this webinar, you will learn everything you need to know about saving kittens' lives. She'll be talking all about kittens and bottle babies. This event will cover the ins and outs of kittens, including an overview of issues impacting cats and kittens, how to set up your home, manage your time, and make fostering fun. 
We'll also cover how to properly feed, clean, and provide basic medical care to a kitten, as well as how to get involved in your local community. To sign up for this free webinar, go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. I hope to see you there. It's on October 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Join us and have fun. You had mentioned, um, Kathy, a couple of needs for your specific organization. And I'll say, honestly, they're probably not much different than all the other organizations that are listening in across the country. Your two greatest needs at this point in time are? Well, donations, of course, Chad has covered that, but fosters and people to adopt kittens. We started out, our mission is TNVR, but as you know, when you start TNVRing, you find kittens in the field who are too small and they need to be fostered. And in Florida, with warm weather year-round, kitten season pretty much never ends for us. There'll be a little slowdown here and there, but otherwise it's full speed ahead all the time. So we need fosters. And by the way, people who are listening in your northern climates who maybe are snowbirds and come to Florida for a few weeks, they are totally eligible to foster kittens for us and or to adopt a kitten and take back home with them. So yes, fosters and adoptive parents and shelters, of course, are very busy and often full. Um, So we're now looking for ways where we can independently get the kittens adopted. So that's a huge need. Chad, since you've been involved with Meow Now, being relatively sort of new to the industry, what have you seen? What is life like for community cats in Florida now? And what do you think life will be like for community cats, say, 10 years from now? Well, again, as long as, as we continue with the education and getting out to the different caregivers, you know, it just takes one caregiver with a really positive experience that says, this organization, Meow Now, came out and they helped my five cats. And they talked to their neighbor, and their neighbor goes, well, there's 10 cats down the street, and, you know, how are your cats doing? Uh, my cats are healthy, they're happy, they're just laying in the sun, and they're loving life. Well, then let's get the cats down the street and here, make a phone call, here, reach out to us on Facebook or uh, through the website to get the cats done. It's just that whole process of continuing to get our message out there. Um, If we can continue that, I think the livelihood of the cats will improve. Uh, You know, we have a caregiver in St. Pete that's feeding almost 300 cats. And she is spreading a message in South St. Pete that, that this works. And the people are actually starting to see that it works because what they're not seeing more of is kittens. And that's what frustrates people, I think, a lot of times is saw more kittens, you know, and mm. they, they, uh, they, then they reach out to us in desperation and frustration. But, you know, then we find out that, you know, we can help them, we can get that done. But then when they don't see kittens and their cats are out there happy and they're happy to feed them, then they go, hey, life's not too bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it wouldn't be that bad to be living in Florida, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, and we have several hot spots around the county, uh, and those are always going to be hot spots. And we, you know, we work to get those hot spots under control. And I think long-term, you know, we estimate 60 to 70,000 free-roaming cats within the county. 
you know, our goal is to make a, a huge dent in that over the years to where we go into a shelter and the shelters aren't full. We would love a shelter to say, hey, anybody have kittens? Because we need some because people are looking mm. for it. And that's our goal is to just to reduce that population over time and that there's not that frustration with the neighbors about the cats and there are too many of them in the yard and the whole thing. So that's our goal is to get that education out there to all the people in the county to let them know that that cat deserves to live out a life outside. And our goal is to make sure that we do the TNVR on those cats so they live a happier life. Kathy, what are your thoughts about community cats going forward? My ultimate vision is that there really are no more community cats because the entire United States has bought into TNVR and, you know, a generation or two down the road, um, all cats have homes. So that's, that's the long-term vision. But as you well know, it's one colony at a time. And <clears throat> Chad has made the point about education, which is absolutely essential. And uh, things that everyone who's doing this needs is high-volume, low-cost spay-neuter. So a next step is to get those clinics in your county if you don't have them and to get veterinarians on board so that veterinarians will do some pro bono or low-cost work just to spread the network of people who are aware, on board, and offering services and or financial support so that we can reach every cat possible. And that's a big job. Yeah, no, I'm a firm believer of the no cat left behind kind of <laughs> motto, which, you know, ensures that whatever the needs are for that cat in that community, whether it's spay neuter, whether it's medical assistance so it can stay in its home, a whole variety of different different programs out there is trying to ensure that there is something out there for every cat that needs assistance. Mm-hmm. And the day um, where so, shelters truly are shelters, where if a cat is found lost, comes to the shelter and its home is found, a, a, a time when shelters are all no-kill and they really are to help with issues, like you said, health issues or things like that. That That is a dream world that I believe we'll get to at some point. I think so. I think so. We're doing pretty well up here in New England. We have a lot of shelters that are looking for kittens up here and, you know, even in the summertime. So definitely things are, are changing in New England and in other parts of the country. And you know, I know that the southern states are going to have a harder time because they are in perpetual kitten season. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's even more important to have even more aggressive spay-neuter programs down there. Absolutely true. So, Kathy, I'm going to ask you for some advice. If I am a person who's thinking about starting a new organization in my community, do you have any advice for that person? Understand that you'll work long and hard and it will be well worth it. Get some like-minded people to band with you if you can because it's easier to have a team than to do it on your own. And you have to start by researching what your municipal or county or state law is. You have to know where the practice of TNVR stands in your community. It's essential to have the support of your local government so that this is legal and it happens within the ordinance. 
And then, of course, you can just go do it as an independent person. In Pinellas County, we have an incredible woman who is a one-woman TNVR wagon, and she does it herself. You can do it that way, but... I think most of us choose to incorporate and become a nonprofit. Then you also have to realize that you're going to have the paperwork and the need for funding and so on and so forth. And the good news is that so many organizations exist now that are doing this DNVR work that you can find advice, support, guidelines, and even some step-by-steps of how to get up and running. That's great advice. That's that's excellent. I I get frequent emails from folks who are definitely considering starting a nonprofit and looking for help and guidance and not necessarily a huge nonprofit, but just a nonprofit to be able to help in their community. So um, I think we're still in that sprouting stage of a lot of these smaller organizations that may not have, you know, a larger organization to partner with. And so they do feel like they need to set up and be independent from them. However, with that said, you have partnered with, with lots of other organizations and um, I don't know, Chad, if you want to, to talk about the relationship that you might have with the FPCA, Tampa FPCA, is that correct? you have a working relationship with them? Yeah, the FPCA at Tampa Bay and the Humane Society of Pinellas, uh, those are two of our partners that are on our board of directors. Uh, and they lend their assistance where they can uh, to help us make our mission better and and to make it a little bit easier to get the job done. They offer low cost, they neuter for us, and they help us out that way. And the SPCA in Tampa Bay has been gracious enough to um, let us use some facilities on their grounds to hold the cats while we get, you know, taken for surgery. So those two organizations are very beneficial to us to helping make our uh, job a little bit easier. We have two other organizations over in Tampa, in Hillsborough County, uh, the Humane Society of Tampa Bay, and the uh, Animal Coalition of Tampa. Uh, those are two other surgery providers for us that do a great job in high volume, low cost spay neuter for us. This year, we partnered up with a new organization within the county, Friends of Strays. And uh, they are helping us with low-cost surgeries as well. Uh, They are a small organization, but everybody pitching in uh, is going to make a difference in the cats' uh, lives and the number of cats that are out in the county. And, Chad, if folks are interested in finding out more about Meow Now, how would they do that? Uh, They can go to meownowfl.org and find us on the web. Uh, it that way, or they can find us on Facebook, Meow Now, uh, and they can look us up at those two places and find out all they can about our organization. If and Kathy, need, whoop, go ahead. And if they need to uh, reach us by phone, uh, our phone number is uh, area code 727-203-5255 for assistance with uh, community cats in their area. And Kathy, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? 
I would just encourage anyone who has any sort of heart for this, which possibly they do by listening to your podcast, to look around wherever they live, even if they're not involved. Community cats are everywhere, and one person can make a difference simply by helping the few cats that they might see in their neighborhood. We can all make a difference by making sure that we keep our owned, I don't really like that term, but our companion animals safe and indoors and don't discard them. Everybody deserves the best life they can have. And if you can't hands-on do this work, but you have a heart for it, find an organization that you can support with your money because this is a big job. We need to do it across the United States, and it's well worth doing. And thank you for, for talking about it on your podcast, Stacey. Appreciate that. My pleasure. Chad, do you have any uh, parting thoughts for us today? Yeah, I would think that, you know, as we move forward, Kathy talked about one person can make a difference, and that's just where we need volunteers. That one person will allow us to reach another person to help. So the more people that get involved, the more people will be able to help, you know, quickly to get this problem under control uh, with the community cat population. And the other thing that, you know, our other foster needs, I have people that tell me all the time, oh, I really don't want to foster. I've got a cat in the house. Well, I've got cats in the house, too, and I foster. And my cats uh, really enjoy the kittens after the introduction process. So I would say that if you don't think you can foster, give it a try and then see how things go. Don't just put it off. Try to help out by fostering a kitten if they're needed. That sounds great. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Kathy and Chad, I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show today. I also want to thank you for everything that you're doing to help the cats in Florida and for the work in Pinellas County and working with public officials. I always love talking about stories where there's a great partnership um, with city officials uh, with along with the nonprofit. So a public-private partnership is great. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your story, and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you, Stacey. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you, Stacey. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming.